Hello, this is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. It is a grotty day in Vancouver. It's a uh, gray, overcast, showering. Um, I don't remember if it was like this this morning. So this is this is about noon, and just getting the umbrella, getting out the door. Oh, this is true, true Vancouver. Um, yeah, this is dumping. Right, puddle. It's it's there's puddles everywhere, and yeah, truly, uh, what is it called? In the rainforest, you know, <laughs> this is what makes Vancouver uh, green, etc., etc. And it's it's the color of the sky isn't isn't quite lead. It could get it could get darker still. But anyways, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm motoring along and for writing right now I've got uh, Patrick uh, Boulevard's chapter 2 so I'm looking forward to I've started to delve into it and He's doing, uh, his first chapter is a prologue, and then he's jumping ahead years later. What works about it is that it's very connected to uh, the second chapter. So we're starting in a flashback, or we flash forward. I think what doesn't work with prologues is when there's an epic element to it, or say that, you know, we're at the beginning of uh, the cosmology, you know, and we have these deities, they don't play a part in the later story, you know, but we see this magic sword being forged by the gods you know and and then say lost lost forever and and those kind of beginnings there's such a gap between the main character and at the beginning you know you say there's an absence i can remember reading one fantasy novel and I just put it down because the there was a, there was a disconnect. Uh, there was no hook, and it was it was very dressed up, dramatic, but there was a definite a lack. And it it, it was so great that I just I, I couldn't go on. I was I was worried that. Uh, the whole book was going to be like that. Another another example off the top of my head is Harry Potter, the first book, the Philosopher's Stone or the Sorcerer's Stone. I was just about to do a, a Chinese sort of an imitation of some kind of Oriental language and and I thought, no, that's probably offensive. But I was, why? 
uh, the impetus for that is that there's a change in title from, uh, you know, uh, England, and then you go over to the United States, and there's a change in the title, the Sorcerer's Stone, which is interesting, which is interesting, that, and I guess it's wanting to align the title with this notion of magic, right? You know, it's like, ah, a wizard. Whereas a philosopher, you know, the, the first association is with philosophy. And that most, most kids are... And two, it's not going to be kids that are going to be making the association. It's the adults. Uh... The Philosopher's Stone is mythological. It's, it's mythological, verging on magical. It's connected to alchemy, which is this early form of chemistry. And there's a bit of psychology stuck in there. But, but back to the prologue. At the beginning of that first book in the series, we are introduced, eventually we're introduced to uh, the baby, Harry, uh, but at the very first page we're actually introduced to Uncle Dursley and his, his gruff, uh, gruff exterior and all these people with capes showing up, hurrah! who are congratulating him. And he does not like this, because, you know, he doesn't know who these people are, they're dressed strangely. And I think what works is that by the end of the... I think it's the... I do think it's the first chapter that we have these this partition. We have Uncle Dursley... And then we have uh, Dumbledore and Hagrid and, oh dear, Miss, Miss Donnelly? Uh, that, that, that they, they deliver the baby and they discuss. It's, it's a great moment in exposition. You know, and it, their discussion informs us that it's... It's not safe for Harry in the Wizarding World. Oh, it's a little friend. And the little dog has a little jacket. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Going out for a walk. Bye. Very excited. I, I'm sort of imagining that this is the... This is the dog at the end of the road. There's a house that, you know, there's this... Sometimes there's this dog who's, you know, going berserk <laughs> inside the house. When I walk by talking. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Let's see. Let's see. Right. So... In, in that instance, uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. It's involving our main character. Everything revolves around our main character. Uncle Dursley is being congratulated because his nephew—I want to say nephew-in-law, but anyways, his his nephew, his wife's sister's son, I believe. Uh, yeah, it, it's all about Harry. Even though Harry is not active at this point, it's it's setting up Harry. Who Harry is, what has happened to Harry. I can't remember if we get the lightning bolt scar, which which seems so David Bowie to me, Ziggy Stardust. Uh, I'm not sure if it is, 
but my, you know, just for years I've always gone that way. And J.K. Rowling, she's she's around that age, you know. She might have seen Bowie, or at least heard the music. Possible Ziggy references. Oh yes, I've reached the first flooded sidewalk. So now it's all about navigating. Do I try the lawn? There's mud. And we are on the sidewalk. So a, a prologue is fine. Uh, Patrick and I had a discussion about his, and my concern was immediacy. And so I just gave some feedback about, like, asking questions. Does it have to be a prologue? Can chapter two just continue from, from where chapter one is? But he wants uh, a span of years. I'm not sure if he said that, but I got this feeling like he wasn't all over it and sort of like, oh yeah, let's do that. And so, Pat, yeah, Patrick wants this time to pass. Why? Because the, the protagonist and the antagonist that protagonist and the antagonist really they meet for the first time they're defined in the first chapter an event happens that defines them and and puts them on this uh, trajectory but it definitely has the main character and and I was hooked you know it's doing a lot of great stuff now I'm just thinking about my own situation. Recently, I sent out, I was looking at agents, and I sent out my second draft of my um, sequel to Greyhawk and Terrapin, and one of the things I did was I, I had this chapter, I found myself sort of patching this chapter on there as uh, this prologue and what it did was it it freed up the original first chapter because the original first chapter was info dumping or exposition laden like it was really heavily attempting to fill in all the blanks for the reader and uh, I got back feedback back from Mike uh, Arena, Arano. <laughs> oh, I hope that's your last name. But anyways, Mike on Twitter, another writer, uh, he did uh, he did the novel Cuteness Overlord, which has this giant cat. It's actually a kitten. It has a giant kitten in a city, kind of like a Godzilla-sized kitten. And uh, that's sci-fi set in the future, or it's got a it's got a bit of jumping around in it. Anyways, Mike's suggestion was he just pointed out you know, the first chapter too much information. You know, it's uh, taking away from the experience. The, in, the intention is good. The intention is, you know, oh, you know, I, you know, a, a new person might be picking up this book. They might not have read the first book. So this, yeah. So I, I'm returning to it and doing another draft. And I even got feedback from Canadian agents that was uh, that was helpful. And b- basically, it's that it hasn't gone through enough drafts and and I know that I'm, I'm just being impatient and I'm attempting to uh, f- 
finish something before it's finished. And I think we're all there that we want, what is that, the gratification, immediate gratification. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it this morning. <laughs> and and this is this is the, the true face of Vancouver, right? You'll never see this on a poster, right? Um, don't come to Vancouver during the winter. It's actually not bad temperature-wise compared to the rest of Canada and say maybe northern um, the northern states. Say it's it's very much like Seattle weather-wise here, Washington, Seattle, Washington. So we get a lot of rain, but really, it is it is warmer than uh, a lot of other places in the northern North America. Uh, just puddle jumping. Yeah, and you can hear it, this storm drain here. That's a little bit of uh, the gush, gush, gush. Right. So, uh, so for my my sequel, I, I found myself patching on this prologue, and it's not a terrible prologue, but the the benefit was is that it suddenly freed up my original first chapter, and I was free to pull out all of the exposition. Like suddenly, I could see that you know, all of this on-the-nose information uh, was cluttering the, the scene. And so I went in and took out the clutter. And I... And, and then what I did is I, I actually cut the prologue because it was... Uh, <laughs> it was... Not, it, had, it had, you know, the main character wasn't there... It, it was talking about the main character, but after that experience, I, I realized it wasn't necessary, and it was getting in the way. I, I might use it for something else. Like I, I might use it as a short story to, to put out maybe on Wattpad or some other publishing place on a blog or something as a uh, intro to the story as as a way to market it you know sort of say this is it's not the first chapter but it's definite it's kind of acting like a prologue i'm i'm guilty of not editing enough not doing enough drafts and I require more discipline and having someone, uh, like say right now it's, it's Patrick Boulevard who's uh, being <laughs> not firm-handed. He's doing me a really big favor and I hope that it's, you know, sort of working both ways. Uh, and at the same time, you, you know, you don't want to be too heavy-handed. You want to be, you know, sort of check how the person's doing and why. Uh, I've had people get upset. I've had people totally, you know, uh, cut, cut me, cut me, block me, mute me, whatever. Uh, you know, just because it's it's overwhelming. Or, or say, uh, I'll get them on a bad day. 
And I'll have a bad day. I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, what, uh, a journeyman? A somewhat of an expert? I ought to be. One of the great things happening with doing these walks and talks is that I'm, I'm, I'm dredging up and considering writing and it's, it's sort of like keeping the machinery greased and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot. So I go, you know, what am I going to talk about or, you know, oh, hey, what, what, what did I just talk about? <laughs> and one of the examples of that is today I uploaded uh, an episode about crisis, the, the plot point of, of the crisis. And when I recorded it, I, I just felt like I hadn't focused on uh, the crisis enough. I managed to get something, uh, something together. I think I said, I pulled the rabbit out of the hat at the last minute, tying everything together. And Brian, I'll remember his last name. <laughs> Brian, he's doing, he's, he's, he's done a science fiction novel and I, I, I like his posts, and retweets, so he's, he's finding these great articles on writing and publishing. And he's got some, some science thrown in there. But Brian commented today and said that, that, that some relevant stuff had come up about writing. Not, not so much the crisis, but about, about writing. And I wasn't sure about that at first. So it was, it was, it was great in hindsight. You know, it's like, oh, okay, it worked out. Maybe not great, but just, you know, there's, there's a gem there in all of that uh, rubble. <laughs> rubble and wreckage. Hey, there's something valuable in there. I was just thinking about how to wrangle the prologue. There's a version of it in... Oh, this is one of the things is that the, the gutters are flooding, like the, um, the drains are getting clogged up. And uh, some people still have uh, leaves like they haven't raked up their leaves. Actually, yeah, that's one place. I don't think they raked up... Any, anyways, there's, there's a lot of leaves and it's, they're burning the lawn. But they're also in the gutter, and so they're blocking up the gutter, the drain. I'm off track. Prologue. So there's a, uh, like say, fairy tales have this prologue quality them. There's a lot that start off once upon a time. And they give us, you know, they give us a bit of the setting, they give us the, the relationships, and you know, we don't start into it right away. You know, once upon a time, there was a uh, a king, and he he was a good king, and such and such and such, and then something horrible happened. Or once upon a time there was a family, or once upon a time there was a child. Uh, I'm thinking of Cinderella, where we have the, the, the prologue is this, everything, everything is fine, and then we have, you know, things go horribly wrong, and then we then we start into the story where 
Cinderella is, uh, she has more chores than, no, that doesn't work, she has, anyway, she's got a lot of chores compared to her sisters, and she's, she's being overworked, underloved, but we have that, we have that, it's sort of a setup. And it, it reminds me actually of the opening of a the opening of a screenplay of a movie or a novel where we have the normal world and and then this shock. But, but that that's not truly a prologue. There's, there's disagreements about prologues. Really, it comes down to the readers. And by that, I mean, in, in traditional publishing, the readers would be uh, the, the editors at the, at the publisher. It would be uh, the agent, because the you know, agent would do develop, development on the manuscript. The, the whole premise of, of a prologue is, you know, it's pro, there's the log, which it makes me feel like a discussion, and then I guess the, the pro is happening beforehand. I wonder where the tradition comes from. That would be something good to look up. You know, is it is it a is it a tradition that is is it a you know, is this an old tradition? Because there is something that feels older. There's something about it that feels older. You know, before we get into the story itself, we're going to have this preamble that is going to set up everything. And it's not just that, but it has it has to have a hook. You know, it has to do what the first chapter is supposed to do. It has to grab the reader, grab their attention. The the fantasy novel that I picked up, it was very Silmarillion uh, in the sense of you know, oh, it happened a long time ago, and it it was it was an event. It was a bit wasn't even biblical. It was it was it was very sort of Greek gods, and this ancient evil is like you know the the Dark Lord Trump is trope. Whoops. The Dark Lord trope is present there, and that the the Dark Lord has been uh, defeated, kind of captured and imprisoned. I was just watching the season finale of Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who, and. They had an, an arc. The first episode introduces this character, uh, the villain, and then the 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 defeat in the first episode is um, we have a bookend that at at the last episode this villain survived survived and flourished and did really bad things. Um, I didn't have a clear sense of... It looked pretty bad that there was, say, a kind of galactic war because of this uh, villain uh, surviving. 
And there's there's these uh, there was this argument in the show about being uh, the better person, you know, wanting being really upset about this villain, wanting to do the damage, you know, and instead uh, being compassionate, <laughs> even though this character is a really villainous, really bad, you know, deserves to be. Um, does it, that's the question. Deserves not to be? Question mark. And my point. It would be interesting to do that with a, an epilogue. To have the the bookend uh, at the end of the story, that there is this response, which is very much part of uh, film, say screenplay, that you know you have this opening image, and then at the end you have this image that sort of is a synthesis and completes that we have this potential at the beginning. And then it's uh, completed at the end, kind of answering it. But there is a great question: uh, the service. You know, does the prologue serve the story, or is it one of your darlings? Uh, the saying attributed to Hemingway: "You know, kill your darlings." Is is it this precious? You know to you that it's precious, important, beautiful, uh, so it's, it's, it's about you, it's about the prologue is important to you, and if, if you can get some objectivity, you know, cease being subjective, stand outside, be a good editor, and, and really ask the difficult questions, you know, what is this story about? Does the prologue serve the story? Does it muddy the story? Does it get in the way? Ah, more puddles. So, if a prologue has to serve the story, if it, you know, that it serves a function, It's, it's got to introduce, hopefully introduce the main character, at, at least, say, talking about the main character, uh, talking about the situation, the current situation, and be, both be interesting enough and relevant. I was just thinking of, say, how sometimes in movies or TV shows they'll have a a reference to you know news. They'll have you know listening to the radio or the news is on the TV set, and the the news is giving us you know say I think in the current Lost in Space there were a number of uh, flashbacks where you know the family would be listening, watching to the news, and there would be, oh, so many puddles. Oh, and here's another yard where they have, they're not bothering with the, I guess it's sort of, you know, that frustration of the final leaves, because, ah, oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, so Lost in Space uh, used this technique of its exposition, its information, info dumping, but it is couched in such a way you know, that you know, in the instance I'm thinking of, they were introducing or they were discussing the um, environment. There had been this meteor. Uh, that had hit Earth and caused, somehow had caused uh, environmental problems with the atmosphere. 
also the environment. And I'm just I'm just thinking about my own. Uh, let's see, in my book, my book starts off with uh, the main character Mool. She is hanging out with the the green lion. She's looking in this window where there's this yellow dress. That that actually turned out to be really important. It took many drafts to get to this image of the of the yellow dress. And I didn't quite pull it off. I had you know, it's sort of like what is it called? When you're thinking about um, it's all done. <laughs> and and two, it, it, it is possible to do a um, another edition where I could sneak in and why? Because I wanted the yellow dress to be more prominent and um, just things like say you know it's it's in the background and then we see somebody wearing it and there was a bit of that but it wasn't enough uh, why because it, it was it was relevant and uh, symbolic so that's another thing that a prologue uh, can do it can it can load a what's called a late motif which is this reoccurrence of it's used in music it's it's a reoccurrence of a piece of music and then it's used in literature as a a reoccurrence Uh, you know something is uh, repeated and it doesn't have to be static it could be one example I've used as a, a purple hat and that the purple hat changes you know, it's worn by different people, it's lost, it's found. It's, it's not a huge item, but it, it just sort of adds to, adds to the tone, adds to the feeling. It's kind of a reward or an Easter egg, you know, that as the reader goes through. Or, uh, you know, upon repeat viewing, that they have this, you know, they oh, there's that hat again. Oh, what's going on with the hat? And then, you know, the scholar would interpret the hat. Well, the hat is purple, which symbolizes, you know, blah, blah, blah. Unpacks the hat. In, in the case of Harry Potter, the prologue is introducing some secondary characters that are quite important to the story. We get Dumbledore, we get Hagrid, these, t- these two emotional um, anchor points. And is it Miss McDonnelly? I don't know if it's Miss or Mrs., but she she is another what is she? She's sort of um serious. She's a serious character. It seems to go into in these degrees that she's the, the most serious. Then the second serious is Dumbledore and the, the last serious is Hagrid. Um, so there's a kind of spectrum there. But they, they all care about Harry in different ways. They show it in different ways. Um, but they are his they are his, in a sense, they are his family, at least for the, the first book. You know, that they are supporters and protectors, and um, they're looking out for his best interest as they see it. So we have, we have the introduction of, say, supporters, supporting characters, supportive There's a great amount of um, secrecy, however, to these characters. They are not... The polarity is not 100% there. There is this uncertainty around these characters, which is fantastic. It sort of keeps us on our toes. We're not sure who is who, 
and ultimately with, say, characters like Snape, there's this, uh, you know, th- these, these wonderful arcs, you know, and moments of doubt. So what else do we have? We have the, in the prologue, that prologue, we have the introduction of, of the uncle. And again, we have a character who is, you know, these people, quote-unquote, horrible as they are. They, they do take in Harry, and they do take care of Harry. You, you, you can argue that it's abusive. You can argue that, uh, that they are not perfect, which is fantastic, right? You know, that we see the flaw, page one. We see the type of character this guy is. You know, it's like, oh man, you know, I do not, I would not want to live in that, <laughs> under that guy's roof. You know, he's a, a stick in the mud and a really tangled stick. You know, just snagging and full of burrs and, and uh, is it n- like nettle or. Anyways, not, not a great character. But. A human being, you know, Uncle Dursley, you know, if if forced to, will do the right thing. Fantastic. Just thinking of some. Uh... Oh, somebody's sold their place. The inevitable selling of the house. It's an interesting kind of setup that the house has, I think it, it's, um, it's, it's, an, it's got a bit of facade, it's got a bit of, the, the front is, um, sort of best foot forward, you know, and the facade doesn't continue around the sides and back of the house. Another, a couple, a couple, um, houses over is, similar, but it doesn't have, it's not so overt with the facade, but it, it feels like it's sort of a holistic or in one piece, and I, I, I prefer those, those houses. It's just a bit disappointing that this, like, say, fake stonework doesn't continue all the way around, and I will now attach that to prologues. Say you have this excellent facade with with the prologue that doesn't wrap around, like it doesn't continue. So you have this amazing prologue, and then the rest of the book is sort of meh, meh. it's not it's not delivering. It's not delivering. It's not developed. Uh, I am. I want to say. I am. <laughs> I am to blame. No, I, I am guilty of this. That I will, I will work on this, the beginning, and I will, you know, the the rest of it is a bit lackluster. And why? Ah, uh, it's impulsive. Uh, it's impulsive. It's, it shows my lack of discipline. It's. You know, impulse, impulse buying. I want it now. The fame and the fortune. Give it to me now. Stand and deliver. But it's, it's not, it's not a good way to go, and it it hasn't worked so far. You know, the door is, the, the door is securely closed. And I'm not, uh, I'm not welcome, right? So I've got to, I've got to apply myself, and I've got to uh, keep keep the you know that it ceases to become a facade. That the facade actually is, you know, integrated, and is um, the rest of it is equal to the facade. One situation where it does work is, is say that you want to put your best foot forward and present your your work, and so that say the potential can be seen, 
but the but the feedback I've gotten from agents and publishers is you know, it's the hope for a finished product, you know, something that is you know, close to a finished product. <laughs> and uh, so you you really have to put in the hours, put in the hours, put in the work. Yeah. And I suppose that's what is meant by it's a lot of hard work. Uh, I, I've I, I've said before that it's easy to write a novel, first draft. You know that anybody can do that. It's just the rewriting. It's just the editing later. The drafts and drafts and drafts. And I, th- I think somebody on Twitter said, when is it done? And, and I, I said 10 to 20. You know, 20 if you're not sure. If you don't have a plan and you're just winging it. And, you know, it, the less sure you are, the more it ought to be. Until there's some level of certainty, like those aha moments and, oh, you know, I'm writing about this situation or that situation. And two, it it, it becomes more personal, I think. You know, that it's like uh, polishing a mirror, and sort of getting off all of the, all of this guck, or or working on a sculpture, you know, chipping it away, and then you're getting down to it's you know finer and finer detail. Uh, making things smooth and then all of a sudden there's this sculpture Let's see. just just considering the wrapping up of the uh, the prologue oops We have returned to the Garden of Paradise. It's raining in the Garden of Paradise, but it's paradisical, so it's it's got this rainbow type quality. Leprechauns are frolicking here and there, collecting rainbows in their buckets. Why? Because in the ga- in, <laughs> in the Garden of Paradise, the wrangling this umbrella. What is it? In the Garden of Paradise. In the Garden of Paradise, rainbows are the most valuable thing. Sounds good to me. I can remember as a kid that uh, I had a I had a bike and I had a bike, and uh, with these other kids, we would uh, we'd do things like uh, race clouds. Sometimes that the clouds on the roads would um, show, that, say, the, you know, the gap of light uh, between the clouds. We could see that, and then let's see the rainbow. Oh yeah, that one time we saw a rainbow and we raced our bikes over to the rainbow, you know, with this idea that if you, if we could get there, it would be this great thing. And I think it had to do with the, the journey, that the, the journey was, um, that's, that's what ought to be focused on. Um, because I remember we got there <laughs> and um, it, it was the idea that was so awesome that, you know, that we were underneath this rainbow and the rainbow, you know, we had reached the end of the rainbow and that was a, that was sort of like a beautiful moment. Of course, couldn't tell, right? It was, 
you know, everything looked the same. But it was just the idea that, that we had reached that part of the equation. Uh, so I'm just looking for a, a cup for some tea. And it's good to be out of the rain. But it's actually good to get out there, to get, to get in the rain. Not in the rain, but to, to get out for a walk. Um, something nice that's happened is that with the podcast, I'll get out twice. Usually, it's before the podcast, it was once, and I, I wasn't out. I was maybe out for half an hour, whereas now I'll be out for an hour. And often, I'll be going out twice a day, which I've found is uh, helpful. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that I, I can continue with that. And so wrapping things up, the prologue. It's 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 a bit of a crutch. There feels like there's this tradition to the prologue. I've read I've read a lot of books most recently uh, say with prologues I most recently was um, Frankenstein that opens it's uh, it's got a narrative frame so it's a story within a story but the 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 outer story has a it's it's letters it's letters from um, a sea captain to his sister I believe and it 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 occupies a kind of feeling like a prologue, and I'm not sure about the say the tradition of um, narrative frames uh, or nested stories, stories within stories. That I'm not sure if there's a tradition of the prologue as say. Um, I rem- I sort of remember Dracula was the whole thing, it was these letters, and say Sherlock Holmes is this journal, Dr. Watson is writing this journal, and there, there's this kind of uh, immediacy, this interesting, uh, interesting experience of you're reading someone's mail, right, that you've discovered uh you know this it's been published you know who who would do that who would publish mail somebody's mail um but apparently that's that's happened doc you know dr watson it's uh it seems to be intentional and or i mean that it's watson who's publishing it in frankenstein maybe it's the the uh sea captain's sister, right? Or or someone in her family who's publishing it. But it just has this feeling of feeling of reality, uh this sort of form of a form of storytelling. You know, that it's 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 not this oral. It's, it's it seems more more textual, you know, because it's uh these letters or journals. And in these final moments of the uh, the prologue, tea has been accomplished. So, so the prologue, the prologue has got to connect to the story. It's got to serve the story. It's got to be interesting. It's it's got to hook it's it has the potential of introducing secondary characters that are close to the main character um, and uh, proximity so if if it's happening far away uh, that that there's a bit of a gap that is happening. And 
I, I was just thinking of my Doctor Who experience, lifelong Doctor Who experience of, say, an, an episode starts, we don't have the Doctor there, but say by the end of the, oh, what is it called? Actually, I guess it is kind of a, uh, let's see, teaser. It's called a teaser in television. At least in the States, it's called a teaser. That the, you know, this first introductory chunk is introducing, you know, the main problem and often say in Doctor Who that we will, we will have the Doctor or we will have, say, one of the secondary characters. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it can't be totally off the map. And, um, but it really comes down to uh, tight writing, fresh writing. Uh, it, it gets down to story structure. Uh, it's uh, reader expectation. You know, if you're going to do a cliffhanger in the prologue, then uh, it it's got to, you know, cliffhang. You know, it's it it's it's definitely got to work. Um, just I'm just dredging the the experience. So why do a prologue? I, I just just coming back to Patrick Boulevard's prologue and that it it creates an effect that that there is that there is some kind of narrative distance to the main story and that the the prologue is the prologue is textual and I don't mean text I mean more kind of um texture like um this sort of tactile that it 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 does have distance from the main story it's connected to the main story it's giving us information it it's it's essential information so it's not it it's not like say it it really it comes down to in editing you know and two this was my experience cutting the prologue and that because that's what I've done. I've cut the prologue. Can the story stand on its own? You know, and, and if the answer is no, then okay, then the prologue is essential to the experience of the story that it escalates, accentuates. And that, yeah, that is the bottom line, it, whether or not it is possible to cut it. Um, that's also something that, you know, a, a well-edited, you know, draft after draft after draft uh, manuscript is that it ought to be so tight that nothing can be changed or very minimal, right? That say the major plot points, the, the big stuff cannot be moved around. Uh, at that stage, then, you know, the, the prologue becomes essentially you can't pull it out. It's so interwoven and connected the story that it, it's essential and it, it's it's obvious to say a story editor acquisitions editor whatever that um yeah your your beta readers your reviewers as well you know that as they experience the the prologue they ought to be coming away from it and going you know acceptable <laughs> highly acceptable you know i liked i liked the prologue and i you know uh they, you know, they can't imagine it any other way, right? And, and yeah, so that's that's a prologue that works. Obviously, you know, it's it's obvious. Um, but for me, I I've had to state it. I have to explore it, think about it, state it. Uh, why? Because I've been going I've been going along just kind of joining the bandwagon and saying, you know, pro um, prologues are you know unessential, bad, not necessary. And now I've adjusted my um, opinion, and, and now it's about um, how it's used, you know, what 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 you do with it, and um, yeah, if you if you're just slapping it on for the, you know just the effect, right? Well, you know, 
<laughs> my favorite author uses prologues, so I too shall use a prologue. You know, that's that's not enough, and uh, um, it's yeah, you know, it's it's it has a purpose, and if it's not serving that purpose, dot dot dot. Thanks for listening, and keep up the great work. Uh, full steam ahead. Uh, you know, what is it? What is it again? It's um, believe in the vision, trust the process. There we go. Take care.